Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Whether you're stuck in a tree or not, we welcome you mm-hmm, we to the Once see. Upon a Time Fan Podcast. Mm-hmm. And tonight we will be talking about the episode entitled Dream Catcher. Mm-hmm. And this is our first thoughts. So we'll try to be concise, but we will probably be jumping all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like the main show. But, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, we're <laughs> warning you with, with the first thoughts. Yeah. This is podcast episode, dun da da dun 299. <gasps> The show, no- the show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 299. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Oh, just before we start, is the next episode is going to be episode 300. I don't have any cards up my sleeve. I don't, I don't have anything planned. So if... You're another podcaster, or if you're a member of the cast and you want to call in and leave a voicemail, uh, you got about a week. So yeah. uh, by Saturday morning, please have that done. Yeah. And that'll be fine. If but not sooner. Other than that, yeah, sooner would be fine. But anyway, next episode, pod, the ne- next podcast episode of 300, mm-hmm. we want to do kind of a little thing. So. If you have memories or thoughts or something that you want to email in or call a voicemail or whatever, we'll put something together uh, for that. And it'll be Halloween day. So, okay. Thanks for that. And I know that, anyway, I just kind of wanted to start the thought process and let you all know about that. So I appreciate that. And now let's jump into the episode, The Dream Catcher. So did you want to start or did you want me to start? so much better than last week's episode yeah and it even undid some of the stuff that happened in last week's episode which i was really thrilled with yeah i was like oh thank goodness yeah yeah no this was definitely this was clearly written by eddie and adam and uh we are grateful for the fact that they did that not to say that last week's episode was horrible it just was not the best and so and we talked about that on our our main show so if you haven't listened to that check it out episode 298 Right. But on this one, this episode was fantastic, like right out the gate. It was still very busy. There was a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, there was less. It went by really fast. Less WTF moments. And uh, yeah, there was was a lot less. Wait, wait, what? No. How? What? No. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there was more. I mean, there was a point where I like didn't realize I'd been holding my breath. Yeah. And it just kind of went. And then, and then I was able to like release it, and it was just like, okay, okay, good. All right, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start, and Please you can. Do. All right, so I thought it was really interesting seeing Merlin with the Dark One dagger mm-hmm. in Camelot. Yes, and in control of what I don't know was that the first Dark One. I'm not altogether sure. I'm not certain. Here's what I think based on what I know about Merlin. Okay. And if the show's creators 
did their research, which I'm sure they did, and if they're sticking to even a hint of the plot line of the story of Merlin, here's what we can expect. And this is what I suspected even before I did research on this. I believe that the dark one that Merlin was referring to was the woman he was in love with, right? Okay. In The Legend of Merlin, his eventual downfall came from lusting after a huntress named Nivian. She's also called Vivian in some versions, Nimue, N-I-M-U-E. Keep that in mind because there is an episode coming called Nimue, so okay. I'm on track All with right. this. I know I am. Anywho, um, she is the daughter of the king of Northumberland, um, and apparently she's about to leave Arthur's court with some encouragement from Merlin and then Arthur asks her to stay with the queen. And then during her stay, Merlin falls in love with her and desires her. And she's frightened that he might take advantage of her with his spells and swears that she will never love him unless he swears to teach her all of his magic. Hmm. So he consents unaware that throughout this course, she's going to use her own powers against him, forcing her to do, forcing him to do her bidding. Okay. So when she finally goes back to her country, Merlin escorts her, and along the way, he receives a vision that Arthur is in need of assistance against the schemes of Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay was a sorceress, a very powerful sorceress. That name Morgan Mm -hmm. came up tonight, as in Violet's father. Right. Anyway, uh, Nivian and Merlin rush back to Arthur's castle, but have to stop for the night in a stone chamber once inhabited by two lovers. Merlin relates that when the lovers died, they were placed in a magic tomb within a room in the chamber. And that night, while he's asleep, Nivian, still disgusted with Merlin's desire for her, as well as his demonic heritage, because apparently that's where he came from, supposedly demonic heritage. She casts a spell over him and places him in the magic tomb so that he can never escape, thus causing his death. Interestingly enough, his death is recounted differently in other versions of this story, and the Enchanted Prison is variously described as a cave, a large rock, an invisible tower, or a tree. Okay. So this all fits very nice and tidy because Mm -hmm. actually, think this through, we have seen Merlin, or at least a sorcerer in prison in a cave, twice now. Yep. We have seen the large rock, right? Mm-hmm. The invisible tower. Okay. Camelot before they made right. it appear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the tree. So that all kind of fits very nicely. So my thinking is, is that the dark one that has kind of inhabited Emma now is probably... Vivian or Nimue, however they're going to, Nivian, what are they going to name her? But it sounds like they're going to go with Nimue because that seems to be a pretty um, obvious choice seeing that we have an episode coming up with that name. I think this is going to be the spirit of this woman who's going to sort of, she's this floating spirit around because she's the one who imprisoned him. And she somehow is going to be, my thinking, my theory is she's going to be kind of connected to or trapped in Camelot, so to speak, or at least where the Dark One's vault is. She can't escape it. That's why we can see her as a shadow or a ghosty, black, weird, creepy thing. 
that's what I think is grabbing Emma. That's what I think grabbed Emma. That's what I think grabbed and almost got Lancelot because in this, in this thing, in this whole story, she had a love thing with Lancelot, by the way. So that's a whole nother issue. And she hated Queen, uh, Queen Guinevere. So that fits very, okay. very nicely with where they're going, where they're going with it. But anyway, I know that was a lot of information, but that's what I foresee is I believe that, that dark figure that's the dark one with the gold mask on is actually Nimue, Nivian, Vivienne, whatever you want to call her, Arthur's love. She doesn't love him, but she promised mm. to love him and basically stole all his information from him and, and, that and then imprisoned him in the tree. Yeah, and, and broken hearts were kind of revisited Absolutely. and visited this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and also, it fits very nicely with how Cora dealt with Rumpel. Right. Yeah. So there's this thread of and Morgan Le Fay, I think, will come into play later later. Later, wow. Later in this, but I mean they may have just used the name to give it to Violet's dad. And I'm thinking Violet's mom who died when she was young may be a part of that whole story too. And by the way, Morgan is the quote unquote half sister of Arthur. You mean Morgana? Well, Morgana okay. also known as Morgan right. Morgan right. Le Fay. Got it. Yeah. All right. So that's what I'm saying is I think we're gonna find a connection between either Morgan or the dead wife and um Arthur being related somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that. But that I knew instantly when I saw that, I had a feeling that that was a female, not a male. It was not Rumple. It was not well, yeah. so so. For sure, we don't know. And and that's the, we don't know. We didn't hear the, no. the person speak. I was so. wait, and that's why. And that's exactly why I believe firmly now. that it's a female because if it had been a male. I, I just, it just, see, it fits. So that's all I'm saying is I believe that that is Nivian, Vivian, mm-hmm. Nimue, whatever it, her name is. It could have, and it could have been a gold or a silver mask. We are not it altogether was sure. gold, very clearly gold. I, I, I saw silver, but anyways, just mm, whatever okay. you saw on your television, <laughs> okay, this is that's not, what it was. This is not the black and blue dress versus the white and gold <laughs> No. Dress. All right. Let me, let me, Sorry, let anyway, me dive in. Dive in. Very good info. And... I think we did see a bit of a Vader-ish kind of mention in that Merlin said the Dark One destroyed the only woman he ever loved. And so it could have been the Dark One took the the woman over. Nivian, yeah. uh And just like Hook is experiencing. Right. And that kind of a thing. So the tears and sadness emotion mm-hmm. that's what trapped him in the tree right that's what also released him mm-hmm. from the tree mm-hmm. so and it's and it's odd how many songs are greatest songs are written out of sadness i mean you listen to a lot of interviews with writers eric clapton tears yes. tears in heaven yes there you go that's that's yeah. another one yeah out of deep sadness these fantastic really Poignant songs can be written, and yeah. it's, it's no wonder that they used uh, magic for that. I just wanted to throw out a little kind of techie tidbit. The Dreamcatcher kind of reminded me of uh, of an augmented reality thing, mm-hmm. like you can use with your iPhone. She was kind of looking at the tree, and she was seeing the the memory and the uh, what happened at the tree. So, uh, anyhow. But uh, pumpkin, pumpkin was in the logo. Oh, absolutely! There's a lot of pumpkin the stuff, card, and we've yeah. heard that mm-hmm. pumpkin stuff before. They even kind of 
call back again to, cause I remember in season one during operation Cobra and they were talking about their code names Yes, and Emma said, well, you can call me pumpkin. And then she told this, what turned out, I believe to be a lie right. about how pumpkin was Henry's pumpkin father's pie, favorite yeah. pie, mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of a thing. Well, she lied and said she met him in a diner when she was waitress, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. So it was, yeah, but it's been, it's been, and they even called back to operation Cobra sure. tonight. So that was a nice little poll. So it wasn't just kind of a little thing. They really kind of worked right. it into the right. the episode. And, of course, it fits very nicely with the fact that, well, it's October and it's pumpkin season right now. So, Sure. And <laughs> Regina hid the Dark One dagger kind of like they hide the survivor. Um, <laughs> uh, immunity idol? Yeah, immunity yeah. idol. Yeah. And she hid it in a stump. Right there. Wrapped up in cloth. No magic spell. We Anyway, it was I, just funny. It yeah, was right there. It was very funny that it was, yeah, because it's an, it's a, but that's the perfect thing is you, who would think to look in that? That's the point. If you're going to hide something, you got to do it almost in plain sight where well, nobody's going to think about it. And it was kind of like when Rumpel hid the dagger in the clock tower. Strapped to one of the arms of the clock. I mean, that's genius. Because everybody's looking there. Because everybody would look at it, but nobody would ever expect it to be there. Yeah. All right. So, Emma. It it was really... I love the interplay tonight uh, between Regina and Emma. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. That was really fantastic. and, And I just... We've mentioned it before. I think I have. Is that... Some people think, well, Regina's weak because she's nice and she's not evil. And Regina really brought really this wealth of information Mm -hmm. that experience and experience that she's painfully gotten. (laughs) And she went toe to toe with Emma Mm -hmm. because Emma, if you look at it, it was so brazen and Mm -hmm. so just full of herself tonight. Oh, it's like I'm better than you. Uh-huh. I told, and she was that way in Storybrooke, and yeah. she was that way in but Camelot. It's very immature and very childish, and she Regina's accused her of being that from almost the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Regina legitimately can say that because, comparatively speaking, she is a lot older than she is. You know, I mean, it's it's that whole, yeah. Technically, Regina's old enough to be her mom. I. <laughs> And I know I'm skipping back for just a minute and talking about the previous episode, but I love to hear these seasoned, quote unquote, villains talking about their past experience, trying to pass on this information to these new kids on the block that, that think that they have it all figured out. Like last in the last episode, Mm -hmm. that's what uh, Rumpel was saying. I remember what it was like. And it doesn't end well. And then we come to this episode and he says, you lose the ones you love. Right. You think you can have it all. You think you can have all the power, but you can't. Right. And he said, I chose I chose power. And I, I justified it because I said it was for Bay right. to protect him, to take care of him. But it wasn't. In the end, I lost him. Right. I lost everything. And... It was just the same thing with Regina talking to Emma at the doorway later on. Probably my favorite. It was my favorite scene of this episode. It was just so powerful because there's something about someone who knows a lot. They've had a lot of experience in something Mm -hmm. telling someone 
who's younger and who thinks they know it all, but they mm-hmm. really don't. Right. And she was just bare bones honest and said, you know, it's not going to end well. You need to stop this. I told you. I warned you. We've, we've all so. been there. We've all been there. We've all been young. And I can remember being 18 thinking I knew everything. I knew everything, and my parents didn't know diddly squat, and I was not going to listen to them. And, you know, it's only now, looking back years later, that I realized I knew absolutely less than nothing. They had the right of it for the most part. Not everything, but they did have the right of it from, from the majority of it. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to want to hear, you know, to listen to somebody say, Trust me, I've been there. Right. I know what I'm talking about. Because you go, yeah, well, I'm different. And the sad fact is when it comes to the general, you know, things of life, most people really aren't. It's really, we're all the same. And yeah, I know it's tough to listen to somebody else say, I've been there, I've done it. And you just kind of go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And just one more thing about it is. And when they say, I'm saying this and I'm telling you this and I'm doing this for your own good, you go, yeah, right. But, but the reality is they are. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. It's absolute truth. And it's, you know, it is what it is. We it, have to learn lessons the hard way sometimes. And a lot of the story arc has been from your point of view, yeah. how you see it, mm-hmm. what you want to believe and that kind of a thing. Right. So we saw Henry grow up a lot. We did. In this episode. We did. We actually saw Henry grow up a lot. But I want to kind of go back to that whole thing. Emma froze mm-hmm. her parents. Right. So she could have that conversation with Regina. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting that she didn't let her parents stay that way. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Does she, um, what I mean is, it's interesting that she felt she needed to freeze them in order to get Regina to to understand what she was going through or talk, you know, understand what was happening. I don't. I find it fascinating that she couldn't share this with them. Maybe she realized that they wouldn't believe her because they, you know, she revealed they're under a spell. Yeah, and it, I thought it was interesting because of that the battles that Emma and Regina always fought through this episode Mm -hmm. that she actually for a minute. And I think even Regina mentioned that she goes, I believed in you. Mm -hmm. I saw the good in you, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, this reminds me a lot of Luke and Vader in the star Wars Mm -hmm. saga. Mm -hmm. When Luke said, you know, I feel the good in you. I feel the conflict. I know that it's just going to take a little bit to knock you onto the good side. And that's, Regina, I mean, there was a lot of things tonight where people kind of bought things and fell for things and they realized that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh my gosh, how can I be so blind to kind of fall for this? Right, right. Now, this does answer a question for us, I think. Why is Emma building all these dream catchers? There seems to be one for everybody. Okay. Because that one specifically happened to be Violet's memories, right? Yeah. I, I, initially, I thought it was memories. Right. That she was but keeping them. But it's specifically them, but... a person's memories. Each one belongs to a different person. You know what they they are? That for... Remember, we, we wondered about Emma when mm-hmm. she first became the dark one. Mm-hmm. We wondered, is she going to... She doesn't have the seer. Right. How would she know all these things? Right. That's, That's how, how she, she knows. knows. Right. So the, all these dream catchers are her seer. Right. They're her way to see what's going on because mm-hmm. she's being excluded from a lot of stuff. Right. They're trying to protect 
protect her and isolate her so she doesn't hurt herself or anyone else. And so they can figure out how to keep her safe until they can free Merlin and free her from the darkness. But interestingly enough, she's actually using these to a little bit of an advantage to be able to see what's going on when she's not around, which is how she's able to see what's happening with Arthur. So that was kind of good that that, that you know, that explains that right there. And just for a split second, and sorry, I know we're jumping around, but for a split second, I did think the good part of Emma was really kind of coming back mm-hmm. when she they had that exchange because mm-hmm. I thought she froze uh, Snow and Charming because th- th- she knew that they would get in the way and they would kind of down talk what she was saying. No, 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 that's not true. And nah. possibly that's very possible. That is incredibly possible. Seeing as how, you know, they were under spell, there was no way there was going to be any way to, you know, so they were basically frozen like that the whole episode until, <laughs> right and and until they were freed by Merlin because I, I guess she didn't want to mute them. No, no, no. Like no, Regina gosh, was no. muting yeah, right. Zelina. Zelina. So yeah, no. So that was very. But that's very interesting. It, that's her. That we we kept saying that was her obsession last week when we saw all those dream catchers and there were right. so many of them. Why there were eight of them hanging in the window? There were so many more hanging in her shed. And when she, the fact that she pulled them down. And that's why she cried the first when she pulled that one down because that's the same one she pulled down and mm-hmm. had with her. So um, we now understand that we now see what's going on, and there is a part of it that's it's interesting to to see. I do think very strongly that the good Emma is still in there fighting hard. Oh yeah, and fighting like crazy to get out. Yeah, and we still don't know what turned her at the end because correct, correct. we. We still don't know that, and that's fine. That, that's we don't. part of the big reveal that that we want to see. So my money says that now that Merlin is free, he's going to recognize who it is, and it's going to be that it's going to be Nimue, Vivian, Vivian, right. whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. She's going to take over Emma. I'm telling you. I'm telling okay. you, it's not Emma in there. Emma, there's more than one in the in that body, and it's Emma and somebody else. And I think it's that. Nivian person. And the that's one, the uh, faux rumple thing. I think that's faux rumple okay. because that would make sense because Emma wouldn't know who some strange woman is. She knows who rumple is. And Nivian or whoever that is would know who rumple is because Nivian, if being the darkness herself, being a dark one herself, is very likely going to be able to recognize, uh, knows exactly who rumple is, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure really fast I've got to get a shout give a shout out to Amanda and Britt from Once Upon a Podcast because I think they I I stole well I borrowed the faux bell because they came up with faux bell <laughs> on Neverland so okay. faux rumple anyway thanks guys for that yeah yeah I'll send you a quarter or something I don't know yep all right so we saw Henry grow up like crazy tonight he's texting a gal. He's setting up mm-hmm. a date. Yeah. You know, he's getting his heart broke. Man, what a what a kick in the teeth. Ah, man, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if women hear the whole friend speech as much as guys do, but man, that that is just the worst. Women do hear it. Oh, um, it's the worst. I, I'm, I've heard it. Ugh, it's man. not fun. It's absolutely not fun. I had a guy tell me he was gay once because I, you know, and he may have been, but I don't know if it kind of felt like he was saying that just to get me off of his case. 
Yeah. Well, and I was really disappointed because I'm like, okay, dude, if you are, you are. But I mean, if you're telling me that, just get me off your, you know, off your trail. That's jacked up. Growing up, falling in love, it is just—it's tough. It is the best thing. It makes you go out singing in the rain. Yeah, and it also makes you go out just walking in the rain. (laughs) It's just, uh, it is, it is good and and tough and all that. Poor, poor Henry, man. It was just, you it's know, difficult. Cute little gal showed up, and she basically said, oh, I, "I, I thought we were just hanging out." Yeah, I thought we were just hanging out. Yeah. I, I didn't really think much about it. Uh, yep. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, Cruella's cars for sale. Yes, that was very funny. So, very, very funny. Because, I mean, it's just sitting there just right out in front. Right. For sale on the on the windshield but there. there were, yeah, there there were a lot of callbacks. That was that was one of them. We'll hit a couple of more. But yeah. uh the Rumpel and Emma conversation down in the little cave there. You know, Emma said, I'm stronger than you were. And she basically told Regina the same thing. What are you afraid of? I'm I'm strong. I'm stronger than you. I don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm fine. So, uh, and then that's when Rumple said, "You you will always lose the ones you love when you choose power and darkness." And um, uh, we, we saw what happened there. Right. Exactly. So then, what's interesting is the whole idea of we can make an anti-venom from the venom. And I just remember the Lily's blood kind of a thing. If you can't get exactly what you want, yeah, you can get a facsimile, and Correct. then that's what Regina yeah. did with that to make that right. Because it's all interpretive. It's mm-hmm. very, very interpretive. You can make any kind of statements you want. You can do anything you want with it. All right, really fast. Uh, just kind of lift the curtain a little bit uh, we got <laughs> we got lady a squeak toy and so we've been kind of editing around and stopping and starting because she was squeaking yeah. it pretty loud and now she's kind of settled down and she's sleeping so there's that anyway <laughs> so we heard pumpkin again when nicodemus the horse and had her the favorite treat of the horse was pumpkins yeah who in the world knew that emma opened this pumpkin place or something was that was, her no 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 it was peter peter pumpkin eater <laughs> that, she said peter. i didn't even catch that she, you didn't catch that's that funny. oh that's oh hilarious gosh. yeah it was peter okay she said yeah peter opened this place because well you know <laughs> pumpkin eater. he was out of control with it i guess <laughs> <laughs> all right all right but uh henry did okay yeah i mean he you know and like i said everyone is still trying to kind of mother him and protect well, sure. him but in the end, he grew a lot. He learned a lot. And, you yeah. know, unfortunately, sometimes you got to learn through pain and, you know, getting your teeth kicked in by a gal. And, oh, yeah. man, it's, it's well, it was sad. very It was very sweet to see. That's why I keep thinking the real Emma is in there somewhere. Because when he said, look, can you help me? You, you, what, do you remember why I brought you back mm-hmm, here? Right. Just why you, I brought you to Storybrooke in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Operation Code, blah, 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 blah. Well, I need you to help me give my friend her happy ending. And that was where Emma just had that sweet smile. That was the sweet Emma smile, not the mischievous dark one, devious dark one. It was very much a mom 
wanting to help her kid do something nice for somebody else. I think my favorite my favorite moments were Henry and Emma talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... Um, I think, Emma and Regina. Yeah, Regina and Emma. I oh, mean, those absolutely. are those are two great uh, exchanges now, for sure. Flip side is we find out later on that that conversation was pretty much manipulated, which is kind of now the second or third time we've seen Emma pull a rumple. Right. Manipulation, and even absolutely. Regina mentioned that too. She absolutely. I mean, she did. pointed it out. She goes, "You're a manipulator." Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All right. So, but Henry set up the proverbial, just the best kind of date in the world. Me, I did one with a table, some sparkling cider, because I went to a Christian college. And I set up a table at sunset over by the pier right there, Mm. Huntington or something. Nice. That's what I did. Very nice. But, you know, I mean, Henry had grannies and candles and all kinds of stuff. An empty diner and... Granny's lasagna hadn't gone bad yet, right. <laughs> which poor, is poor Granny. Such a shock because how long have they been there? <clears throat> yeah. Apparently, refrigeration does really well in the in Camelot. So the tear that <clears throat> that Emma tried to basically manipulate, yeah. using the Dreamcatcher, yeah, from Regina, and I thought it was really interesting where it didn't work. It did not get. It didn't get Merlin out of the tree. But the the interesting thing, though, is she said, well, it wasn't a big enough heartbreak. And you, Regina, said, what? What? Are you, what? (laughs) Yeah, that was really, and what what she meant was, it was a very poor choice of words. And she corrected herself. She said, no. It, you've healed. You've moved on. You have Robin. So it it's not fresh. It's not new. It's it's there, and it's definitely real. It's absolutely real. And it was kind of interesting because Regina goes, "Wait, you could see that." But I yeah. and and I want to talk about it. And I think it's me. I think it's a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. When you've been divorced, when you had your heart broke, when you had somebody. Step out on you, whatever it is, your heart is just broke, stepped on, rolled over, broken, broken. whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And that becomes your, what you talk about. That Mm -hmm. becomes what you post on Facebook about. That becomes what you live. Everyone knows that about you. And I was the same way. Right. It's just like, oh, women are bad, blah, 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 blah. But then life goes on and you move on. And it was very interesting that Regina was quick to snap and say, what do you mean that that wasn't a big enough heartbreak? And she forgot that she moved on. And Emma reminded her. But she didn't. I don't think she forgot that she moved on. She said it feels like it just happened so it's that whole thing of she True. hadn't thought about the full memory of what had happened mm-hmm. she it fueled her anger that her mother had done that and that's what fueled her revenge but actually because her mother manipulated her into blaming snow for it right so she hadn't really thought about the actual act of what had happened all she really held on to and what fueled her fire was snow betrayed her betrayed mm-hmm. a secret right and therefore this consequence is what happened however the reality is is that she 
she was reliving that memory because she was watching it. Right. It is one of those things when you, you know, when you get past something and something's happened, you know, a long time ago, if you go watch video of that thing happening sure. again, whether it's a happy memory or a sad memory or something tragic, or, I mean, I still get very emotional seeing, you know, video of what happened on nine 11. Right. I know. We weren't there, but I still get very emotional because I remember what it felt like the day it happened. Sure. And so, I mean, I understand what Regina was saying. She's like, God, it feels like it just happened. Mm -hmm. And it does bring that, you know, sense of deep sadness. It, it recalls that memory, you know, right to your forefront. But again, like Emma said, look, this isn't, you haven't had, you've had time to heal. You have Robin, you've moved on. Yes. It's a very real thing. And it was a very sad thing. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That was a very messed up thing for your mom to do, but your tear isn't good enough because it's not a fresh heartbreak. You've, you've healed. And while you're feeling it now, you know, we need something fresh. And that's why Emma knew she had to break Henry's heart yeah. in order to, you know, to get that tear in order to free Merlin. So it's kind of a, it was a very difficult, very interesting thing. We're starting to see why Emma's doing what she's doing. We're justifying the dark one. Right. Just like we did with Rumple, Right. Cause Rumple's yeah. rationale was trying to get Bay and trying to get his son back for having chosen, trying to protect his son in the first place. That's why he did that. That was definitely a huge, huge, huge driving factor behind what he did. But there were points where he could have chosen differently and he chose the power over Bay and Belle and everybody else. And so I and, see- and listen, I want I want to say this. Whatever reason he did that, that's right. what he did. Exactly. There, there there are folks that kind of give us input and their opinion about uh this person and that and how they affected him and all that all we're saying is he showed power over bay yeah, yeah. that's that's all we're saying right so wh- whoever influenced and pushed him and control whatever that's not our that. that's not our feeling about it that's the facts right and, and then, he even that's all we were he's saying. even said that a number of times and it's it's you know it's it's anyway point is what i'm trying to say is that you know Emma is doing exactly what Rumpel did. Her reasons for doing what she's doing are starting out as very noble reasons. She's doing it to free Merlin so she can be free from the darkness. So she can then help somehow maybe save the day and defeat the darkness, right? right? Isn't that the whole point of what she's trying to do? She was saving Regina. That's why she took it on. She, you know, she's trying to make sure nobody else has this happen to them and so therefore that's what she's doing so she's rationalizing what she's doing there will come a point where she's going to have to make decisions and whether she chooses the right path or the wrong is going to be a whole interesting story another great scene is when the moms uh, had the conversation with henry and uh after his heartbreak yeah and he said you know they her father said, I would never be a knight, and that's who she should be with, and I I, I want to try, and, and this and that. And they both kind of said, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. 
And Regina really told one of the greatest stories about why she fell in love with Daniel. Yeah. It's because he yeah. was unique. Yeah. He was different. Yeah. He wasn't like everybody else. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prince. It didn't matter right. that he was a stable boy. Right. She loved him. Right. And that was just, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, tell that to your kids. Yeah. This isn't the family show. Some people say this is a fa- Tell your kids that. Be unique. Be you, whoever you are. Everyone's thumbprint's different. Yeah. Be your own thumbprint and be that. That's what we need. And I thought that was a a powerful exchange. I thought it was was really great. It was a really great scene. And I love Henry's scarf picking Emma's lock into her house. I thought that was that was really fantastic. So I've seen I've seen Commando, I think. I've never seen Harold and Maud, although I've heard about it, but I've never seen Harold and Maud. Yeah. Um, um, I would have to look up Harold and Maude. I have not seen Commando. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Okay. So at least I'm in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, And I know Harold and Maude was, uh, Bud Court was in that, if I'm not mistaken. Harold and Maude was, uh, the skinny guy from the Honeymooners and, uh, somebody else. No, I'm pretty sure that's not right, but. Well, I'm fairly sure. Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Here we go. Bud Court. Okay. Not. It was Ruth Gordon and Bud Court. And he's a, a young man obsessed with death. And he fakes suicides. And he's, he fakes suicides, attends funerals, and drives a hearse all like. It didn't anyway. sound like a good first date movie no, to me. It's but, not. Uh, but he meets an older woman who shares his hobby of he- attending funerals because she's you know in her late seventies and he's young and so the, anyway they have a um <laughs> they, I, they the friendship blossoms into romance so I would have went with woman, uh, yeah I would have went with sleepless in Seattle or <laughs> anything like that when Harry met Sally or something like that that would that would have been better I think um courting that's a term you don't yes. hear much anymore no you don't violet said are you courting me yeah well, i don't think these kids today know what that courting means no that means you are dating to marry down the line and it is that's your pursuit right exactly so. you you yeah yeah and um i don't think we do the dowry thing anymore i don't think we give no Mm-mm. Hundred really. heads of cattle or something. Yeah. All right. So Merida the sleuth. Boy, that was pretty in- incredible. She went right for Henry's book, found that, did a little research in there, went to Gold Shop, broke into his magical cabinet with all the little magical things. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she didn't pick up the the wraith chooser. Oh man, there's all <laughs> kind of things that you wouldn't want to. The double-sided candle? Yeah. I wonder if that's back in. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Your stuff. Be careful. She knew exactly what to get. She got that. She was ready to go. Right. And then Henry the Horse Whisperer. I wrote that down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get a little pumpkin. Yeah. You, you can yeah. be a horse whisperer. Now, we didn't see what Merida chose, but she said, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. But what's funny is I knew instantly what it was because... And I forget what prompted it, but I, the minute I saw it, I went, oh, yeah, she's going to get the cup. She's going for the cup. Yeah. So. And 
you know, it's... It, oh, I know what it was. She was thumbing through the book. Sure. She was thumbing through the book, and the last picture she looked at was Rumpel holding the mm-hmm. cup. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so she'd read through some of the text, and she knew. Yep. So I really enjoyed, and I wrote down Scooby-Doo at Emma's. So we had the Scooby-Doo gang, and I don't know if we had the mystery machine, but they were, you know, trying to solve this whatever. And they found their way down in the locked room, and then everybody kind of put all the little pieces together. We had Veronica and all that. Veronica? Scooby-Doo. There's no Veronica and Scooby-Doo, honey. Okay, who were the people in Scooby-Doo? was the last time you watched Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo? Ah, a long time ago. It was Daphne and Velma, okay. Shaggy, Velma. Fred, and Scooby. Okay. And the mystery machine. I don't know. It the doesn't van, have a name. The, man, the van was the mystery machine, but the van never went anywhere other than driving them. Pl- but they're all meddling kids. But it's That's all meddling kids. Absolutely. And it was Daphne and Velma, by okay. the way. And by the way, it was Daphne and Velma because it was Regina and Belle and Hook and Robin. Yeah. Yeah. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and but but did you notice that that Belle had on a very Scooby Dooish green dress? Oh, very much so. so. It was very much a '60s kind of vibe. Yeah, it yeah. was a cool dress. Oh yeah, but I mean, it was, really it was a '60s vibe. <laughs> yeah, it was, so. it was very much. And the red hair, reddish hair. So she looked more like Daphne, which is funny because actually Velma is the one who would have been the one to like find the rope and say. Rumple was here, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yep. kind of funny they mixed her, her character of Velma and uh, Daphne. Indeed. So now we have Emma mm-hmm. with the tear from Henry, and it gave the power to her of yeah. white and dark magic yes. together, yeah. which did the unthinkable and let Merlin out of that tree. Yes. Which, by the way, that was another thing that was in there that was a had to do with the tree. There was some of the texts about Merlin talked about his glass tan, which if you look at the actual meanings of the words, I don't know what the original text is. But anyway, if you look at the the text of the words, it means evergreen sacred tree. Mm -hmm. And then supposedly the name of the town Glastonbury in England was named after that. Well, we had to stop again. <laughs> so, man, I was sorry. All right, we'll, we'll get, get back on track now. <laughs> it's a long night. Okay. Yes. So the, you know, I did enjoy the whole Merida and Rumple moments mm-hmm. where we have this unmagical Unpowerful, right? With the dark magic, Rumple, yeah. who just is back to his old. I I can't I, I I can't do it. And Meredith said, "You can't, or you won't fight. You've got to fight. Yeah. You've got to learn. It's to do not it. can't. You won't fight. Right. That's the difference. And then that's why she got yeah. the uh, chipped cup. Yeah, it's exactly. Said, well, why we she... need to figure out what well, you will fight yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. That's different, and then you will. And it was interesting. She mentioned uh, the bears. Well, the bears didn't get you. So yeah, of course. You look ahead of the names of the uh, uh, episodes coming up. You'll see something. Yeah. If you want to do that. So Henry found the horse, brought it to the Storybrooke Carnival, which is interesting. They're 
even on, on our blog, there was a video that a guy took of the carnival setup mm-hmm. and all that. And there's mm-hmm. been a lot of pictures of filming for that. So yeah. it was really interesting, a carnival on the – it wasn't on Moncton Street. On it was Street. on the Second Street, mm-hmm. and it went down uh, – down along the clock tower and they had a big truck or something with a big sign mm. that says Storybrook that was back basically at the end of Marine Garage and then across the street to the back of the uh, library. So, yeah. Was- but the carnival itself was actually behind and between the hardware store and the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Along yeah. that, along that yeah. street there. That's but the there's like of, there's like two big uh, that's signs second, on right. both sides. Right. Of, that's Second yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. On both sides of yeah, Moncton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, they've had a lot of really weird stuff mm-hmm. this season for, for Steveston. They've had horses and a uh-huh. carnival yeah. and yeah. another little building that they built on Granny's, but we haven't seen that in the show yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. All right. So it was interesting when regina and robin were going to use that dream catcher there was almost kind of a worry mm-hmm. it's like i don't know if we should should we well that whole thing was you know they didn't know what they had done right and i think robin was even he was aware that regina was worried she may have done something really bad especially considering the fact that emma flat out said you have you failed me and that you will be punished so at this point, I think that's why she was terrified to see what did she do to Emma to make Emma so mad. Right. You know, I think she was really worried that yeah, she yeah. pushed Emma yeah. into being the dark one. I think she was worried that she had done something she shouldn't have. And that's why, you know, she was really hesitant to mm-hmm. take a look and see what happened. I mean, it's one thing to say, look, we need to have our memories back so we know what we did. Another thing to say, I really want to know what I did. Right. It's kind of almost like it sounds really bad, but it's kind of almost like a somebody who has a drunken night and can't remember and you don't really want to see the photos that are taken necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. The so lesson, don't get so drunk you can't remember anything. Yeah, I don't know. And it... kids just don't drink at all. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Do do not it's do just that. It's not worth it. Anyway, and we're Moving right along. and we're old we're old people so please listen to us we're old okay so this will probably be the shortest uh first thoughts ever ever oh, i don't think so yeah okay all right so the merlin did the most incredible thing he undid <laughs> some of what the sands of avalon did right that so was merlin great. comes out of the tree yeah and I, I loved. Um, everyone was kind of like Arthur was. Arthur was mad, mad, mm-hmm. mad, mm-hmm. mad, mad, mad. He was ready to like duke it out with him, and then I think he realized that. Oh wait a second! I should probably not go up against Merlin. Do Do you realize Arthur really has bad luck with bros? He really he does. does. He He either makes him drink the aggregate. Man, uh, Agrabon Viper juice, yeah, yeah, and it sends him to Oz or wherever we don't know, right? And, or he, they try to steal his wife, or 
they break his trust and do half truths, but we don't know of that yet. No, we, we don't. We don't know all about that story. Or they see him for who he really is, mm-hmm. and then he has to kind of make them be his friend. You know, it's right. just it, he has which doesn't have good luck. No, with, he doesn't. Which, by the way, and the, I know this we're jumping around like crazy tonight, mm-hmm. but we really didn't talk about that whole jail scene. The fact that he made the comment, you know, somebody goes, wait a second. So he just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Because even David said, yeah, there's no sign of any kind of tampering or anything like that. And then, of course, Merlin's excuse was, well, he must have had that bean on him. And so therefore, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, Marion or not Marion. Wow. That's a Freudian slip if ever I've (laughs) given one. Guinevere Mm -hmm. said oh that was so selfish of him blah 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 blah. people really need to go home because she has no idea what's going on really she's kind of under the spell she has no clue but yeah that whole thing of merlin lying yet again right so we'll see how that kind of plays itself out but anyway back to the whole merlin gets out of the tree and uh arthur's ready to cut him in half and Take care, you know, take dispatch him right there. And and then he goes, don't even pull that sword on me. You and I both know that that half blade can't hurt me, Mm -hmm. which means that the blade reunited with the dagger could. Sure. Yeah. And it would be devastating. Yeah. Uh, And it's it's just sad that I can't take pictures of future filming out of my brain. I know. It's sad. I know. I, again, I can't talk about I it. I know. All right. So, but I love the conversation also that Merlin had with with Emma. <clears throat> and, you know, it's just, um, it was interesting. I, I've seen this type of thing in certain religious circles. And I mm-hmm. think the people that come from a religious background kind of understand what, I, what I'm about to say. And it also could be said for people uh kicking alcohol habit or, or different things right so when he said and i know i knew where he was going because they said well you're merlin you can free our daughter from the dark one uh, the darkness <laughs> and he said well sir i can but he said is your heart truly ready to be free right, right. truly ready in yeah. the deepest parts of your heart you need to really think about this because this is serious business. Remember when she, uh, when Emma sat down with Regina mm-hmm. and said, are you sure about, remember she was kind of warning her, this is going to be really, really hard. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what Merlin was saying. Yeah. Are you sure you're ready yeah. to let this thing go, whatever this is yeah. in your life? Yeah. And the, the big question is, do you really want to be free? There's a difference between saying yeah. Oh yes, sure, certainly. I Absolutely. you know like to stop whatever I'm whatever. Or the next thing is, I mean, are you really willing? Yeah. To to let it go, follow through. You know, we we've had a number of, uh, I've had a number of friends. You know, that alcohol has gripped their lives and drug abuse, and, yeah. and it's just it's a sad, sad, sad thing. But it's like it's different saying you want to change. Sure. And actually doing it. Right. Oh, it, that, that's it's one thing hard. to say the words. It's yes. another to really, truly actually mean it deep down inside yourself. Because there's, there's so many things you, we, I think we all do it 
is that, you know, we might say, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun or yeah, sure. I would love to go do that with you. Or I'd love to try that. Or I would love to, you know, oh yeah, that was great. And we may or may not mean it a hundred percent. We might say, look, I enjoyed your company, but that's not something I would ever do again. But nobody wants to to actually own up to that whole thing. But it's it's there's that deep down what you say out of your mouth and what you actually really feel deep down. That's that's it's it's scary and it's tough. Yeah, and there's a saying it, and there's a follow through. The follow through much more difficult. Years Absolutely. of yeah saying no and changing and all that. Yeah. It's just it's yeah, it's, it's really really it's tough. And then we also talked about the final uh, discussion that Regina had with Emma at her house mm-hmm. on her doorstep, yeah. which really harkens back to season one. Yeah, it does. And yeah. basically, it's 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 really flip flop. You know, Emma was coming at Regina, and Regina was just very defensive, obviously. Because, right. you know, you said you wanted to close adoption. Why are you here? What do yeah. you want? I don't understand. That was season one, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now it's very different. It's just Regina has been down that road that she is on. And she said, man, you need Right. To- well, the fact that, look, you're you're on a path. It's yeah. not a good one. Yeah. By the way, because you decided to rip the heart out of a 13-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa, 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 breaking in. And you don't get to say that to me. I mean, it was just very, it was very, it escalated very quickly. But Regina actually kept her cool. Mm -hmm. And Emma, believe it or not, kept her cool as well. Because at this point, both of them could have just lashed out at each other and would have possibly destroyed one or the other. Unfortunately, I think Emma would have ended up destroying Regina because Regina is... Uh, more good well, than bad yeah. but but bottom line is i was waiting for there to be some bad thing happening and then you know the whole exchange and this you know we saw what happened and again that's why i still think there's the good emma who did that knowing that that was the only way to get merlin out of the tree there they had to come there's there has to be a reason behind all of this emma just doesn't do things half-heartedly she doesn't do it half thought out and she doesn't do it typically from a from a vindictive or a an evil standpoint whether it's emma helping henry Mm -hmm. or other little things like uh, emma doing the dark deep freeze little spell to talk to Regina or other little moments of Emma did not have to release Merlin from the tree. She didn't. So there are these little glimpses, like you just said, of the goodness that's still in Emma throughout this whole thing. And even in the final conversation that Regina and Emma had at the door, Mm -hmm. you know, Regina said basically in a roundabout way, I'm, I'm your friend. Yeah. You let me, I believed in you. Yeah. I can't believe that you, I, what happened? Tell me what happened. Yeah. And, and um, Emma's saying the same thing. You know, we're, we're friends. You know, I remember that. And you and da, 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 da. And they were just kind of trading these memories of mm-hmm. being friends. Yeah. And it's like, it was, it was heart wrenching because they were on completely opposite sides now. Yeah. And so that really, the, the reality of it all was really kind of coming down on on that that moment. You know, it was just like, we're, we're I I can't help you because you don't really want to get help, right? And so, uh, anyway, it so. was it was very it was a very powerful scene. And then 
stepping back and the minute Regina said, I don't think I'm here to see my son. Yeah. I don't think he wants to see you and closing the door, you know, and then Henry looking down at her, it's that difficult thing of, it almost reminds me of season one again, where she, um, she wasn't going to stay. She wasn't going to stick around. Mm -hmm. She basically goes, look, I'm just dropping this kid off. I I don't know what's going on here. He says he's my kid. I'm just, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to take him. I'm here to, you know, just do the right thing. And and then having Henry feel betrayed even back then and now seeing, you know, her do this again where she purposely, he realizes she purposely hurt him. Yeah. Like literally caused him heartbreak on purpose. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know why. They don't, none of them know why at this point, but she did it and it seems like she did it for a very good reason. And again, Back to what the, what Merlin said to her when she was a little girl. Doing the wrong thing, even for the right reason, right. doesn't end well. So in this case, it doesn't end well for Henry, Henry, Emma and Henry, because now there's a little bit of a rift because he's going to have a tough time trusting her. Because yeah. she can't, she's not going to explain what's going on. So there's a war within Emma, and I know the good part is in there fighting hard against the darkness, and it's really tough because the darkness is starting to take a stronghold. But at the same time, I think there's a very strong part of her goodness that is just refusing to let go. So I think she'll come out of it. How she will do that, I do not know. This is a lot like life in, in that. It's never completely black and white. Oh, no, no, no. And, and I've mentioned that in a number of different situations on this podcast. And this is kind of a gray area where someone's, someone ends up a certain way, but I still think that there's good yeah. in Emma. And yeah. we will see that played out. And that's all the notes I got. Nice. No, this is a very good episode. This one was very strong. Um very good episode. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot. Sorry about the all over the all over the place tonight, folks. Mm, and uh, we kind of you know a lot of a lot of different things going on. But hey, first thoughts. Great episode. Uh, yeah, first thoughts. And next episode is number three hundred. Mm-hmm. Our voicemail line is six five seven three 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 zero six two six. Uh, you can uh, leave an email at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. And if you want uh, our mailing address, if you want to just really go crazy, you can go to the website and uh, um, that's that for that. So until next time, I think that's all we got. Yeah. Till next time, this is Jeff Colleen saying, well, first let's do this. Oh, boy. We don't have all this. I still got some more time. Okay. So let's do this. I didn't let it uh, play out the last time. I just want to send big love out to everybody. Whether you're discombobulated about a dog and a toy (laughs) or not, uh, we send big love out to you. uh, And big love is so big that you can't keep it all to yourself. Take what you need and give the rest to somebody else who needs it because there's always somebody else that needs it around you. So like I said, Next episode's 300. We're going to be recording that uh, next Saturday morning on Halloween. Woo. 
we may have some spooky sounds on there. So anyway, um, yeah. this would be a fun time if you want to just uh, leave a little 300 memory about the 300 episodes or something like that. Uh, that'd be great. The uh, ghosts of podcast path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So thanks, guys. And we'll be talking at you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. <laughs>